0: Hello my angels, this is Master Psychic Rachel from MasterPsychicOnline.com and this is the Master Psychic Journal Podcast. Hello my angels, it is such a blessing being here in your presence and when I say that I really, really mean it and y'all are going to find out why. (laughs) Why? So as you know, I want to send you my blessings, my love, and my protection, and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Now, normally I like to do a podcast at least once every month, okay? That's what I aim for. I can't always do it, but that is what I really strive to do. So last month, I was unable to do a podcast because I was hospitalized. So today's podcast is about paying attention to what your body is telling you. Now, that title may change, but that is kind of the concept of this podcast today. Okay. So exactly one month ago on June 22nd, that is my little sister's birthday. Rest in peace to her. Um, I had to, uh, I went to the emergency room and let me just give you a backstory before I go into all that as to why I went to the emergency room. So My ex of seven years had resurfaced back into my life like two years later. And uh, we were hanging out, and he had a friend over here, and we were listening to music and, you know, chilling and vibing out. And we started drinking. And speaking of drinking, I wish I had a drink right now. <laughs> I wish I had my wine. Um, I wish I had something. Um, but I'm chilling out right now. I'm chilling out, okay? So we were drinking, and I normally drink uh, a, uh, they're like it's called like White Claw. It's like a seltzer water with like 5% alcohol. Um, I might have two to four cans of that. Um, I never drink to get drunk. And those uh, seltzer beers, they really don't get you messed up unless you really like go overboard with it. So I might have like two in the evening after I do my readings. If I'm writing music, you know, I might have my two in the evening. And then, you know, after midnight when I'm writing a song or something, I might have two more, you know, they never got me like drunk, but on this day, I didn't have what I normally drink. I drunk, uh, I had I had Trulies, there, but these ones were like 8% alcohol. And I had like three of them in my refrigerator. I just kept them in there. Um, I I didn't have any intention on drinking all of them. I didn't even realize I drank all of them. I, I thought I drank two of them. And then he came with a uh, a margarita lime. After I had already drunk my two, he came with a margarita lime. He was like, you want some of this? And I'm like, okay. You know, I was like in a good mood. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, when I'm in a social setting, um, sometimes I can, you know, go a little overboard. (laughs) You know, because when everybody's drinking it, I'm happy and stuff. Because I don't really... uh, you know, I don't go out a lot. Um, I don't have company a lot, you know. So it's like I try to like hang with everybody else, you know? And I and I know better. Okay. And, you know, I'm dating a younger guy, so obviously his liver is better than mine. <laughs> so I had uh what I thought I had two truly, but I think I drunk that third can because that third can was gone. Um, and then I had that margarita lime on top of it. And I think that was it. I don't know. I think that was it. But um so I, I the next day, uh, I woke up first when first when we were hanging out, I was like, I got to go. It was I, I was just feeling really weird. Him and his friend were like in my office. I was like, I gotta go to bed. I I am not feeling right. I was like, I gotta go to bed, I gotta go lay down. So that next day, um, I woke up with really Bad lower back and stomach pains. I was like, "Oh my god, I must have a hangover," um, and you know, I thought I would sleep it off and wake up and and be okay. So uh, when I woke up, I still wasn't feeling exactly right. I took a 800 milligram of ibuprofen. I slept again, woke back up. I felt pretty decent. Um, I thought I was going to be okay. I think I even did one reading that day. And um, after that reading, uh, I started to feel sick again. And I went and laid back down. I took myself off the schedule. I just couldn't see any more clients for the rest of that day. And the next day, I was just really, really like lethargic really lethargic. And the pain was coming and going. I continued to take 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. And it seemed like it would help for a minute. But on the second day, it really, the second and third day, it was like the ibuprofen really wasn't working. I did like, uh, my stomach was hurting and bubbling. I did throw up. Excuse me, I hope I'm not grossing you out. I did throw up and then I felt better on the third day, but I was so lethargic. Um, and I knew I was in bad shape because I wasn't able to do any readings at all. And and it felt like Rachel left me, (laughs) she just left me. And I don't think she like abandoned me. Um, I think she just wanted me to heal. Like, no, you cannot do readings. You got to heal you. I'm, I'm going to step away. I'm going to take away your powers And you are going to focus on getting better. And she was telling me and my body was telling me, you know, go to the emergency room. But I waited three days. I was looking on the website for the hospital and they were like, it was going to be like a six hour wait, a four hour, six hour wait. And I was like, I am not about to sit in there. And um, my daughter she ended up begging me to go. She's like, Mom, I never, I never seen you like this before. She's like, you have to go to the to the doctor. She's like, Do you want me to call the ambulance? And I was like, no, no, no. But it was really like I didn't want to get up. I I didn't want to. It was hard walking to the bathroom. It was hard thinking about getting dressed. I couldn't eat. Um, I was feeling a little dehydrated. And even still, like, I did not want to go to the hospital. I thought like maybe my body could heal itself um so I ended up finally going to the ER Uh, I looked on the website they were like it's only like an hour wait well when I got in there it looked like it was kind of empty but when I got in there there was a long line I was like oh man (laughs) so I uh I waited in line which was like oh it was it was painful just Standing in line, but they moved pretty fast at the hospital, Piedmont Hospital. Shout out to Piedmont Hospital in Fayetteville, Georgia. Um, So I went in there. They did all kinds of stuff, EKGs. um, And uh, I was in the emergency room. And I thought, you know, I thought maybe I had like um, alcohol poisoning. And uh, when I got in there, you know, they hooked me up to an IV and everything. And then the doctor was like, well, we're going to keep you for a few days. You have a kidney infection. And I'm like, "Dag!" I was like, "What? can I just go home? Can I just take some pills? They're like, "Uh, oh, we think it would be better if you stay because we can treat you better if you stay. They didn't even tell me what I really had. I don't know if they thought I would panic or what. But they told me I had a kidney infection. Um, so they had me hooked up to these monitors and I was like, okay, a kidney infection, all right. I heard people had this, you know, and they they seem to survive and stuff like that. So I was pretty optimistic that I was going to be okay. Although I was like extremely lethargic, extremely lethargic. My heart rate, at re- my resting heart rate was 127 beats per minute. I couldn't even feel it. And normally I could feel something like that, you know, sitting, Um you know, I'm very sensitive, you know, so like in the past, um, if my heart rate would go up fast or whatever, I could really feel it and that can cause an anxiety attack, but I didn't feel no anxiety and my blood pressure was 99 over 55. It was really low, but for some reason, like I didn't panic and I don't know if they put something in my IV, everything they put in my IV, I was like, what are you putting in my body? So I asked them like, what are you putting in my body for, you know? So I don't know if they slipped something in there to keep me calm, but I was like, I was very lethargic, but I was very uh, calm. So after being in there all night till the wee hours of the morning, they're like, we're going to put you on the floor. They put me on in another room before they were going to put me in my main room. And that's when the nurse came in there and said to me, oh you got sepsis I'm like sepsis that don't sound good (laughs) I heard of sepsis before but I ain't gonna lie like I didn't know exactly exactly what it was until I googled it when I googled it oh my goodness (laughs) oh my goodness like dude sometimes you just should not google things. because I was fine I was like yeah I got a kidney infection I'm gonna get some antibiotics the doctors were like, you might only stay like a day and a half or three days. I was like, all right, I'm gonna get out of here. I was cool as a cucumber, even though I was going through that. I wasn't in panic mode. But after I Googled it, yeah, I went into panic mode because they were saying with sepsis, sepsis is like the infection uh, went uh, from my kidneys into my bloodstream. And then once it goes into your bloodstreams, it, it can start attacking your organs, And they say more people die from sepsis than cancer and heart attacks. I was like, oh, my goodness. Immediately, I was about to panic. Like, I I, I could feel the panic, like, kicking in. I could feel my body slowly, like, deteriorating. And then I had to mentally tell myself, put the phone down, stop looking at that, stop reading that. That is not going to be you. Leave it alone. Do not dwell on that kind of stuff. Because just the fact of knowing that I had sepsis, um, I think I really, really, really would have went downhill. Really would have went downhill. I had to, like, really clear my mind from that. And, you know, I was feeling... I just really had to keep a really, really positive attitude. You know, when you're in that type of situation, I know it can really be hard to stay calm. And if you Google it, you will panic. That's why I try my best not to Google things. Sometimes it's hard not to Google things, but sometimes I just don't. Like sometimes you need to, like I love Google, but at the same time, it could really make you panic and you can start thinking the worst. And then I believe once you start thinking the worst, like you start feeding the disease or whatever's going on in your body. So I had to really keep a positive attitude. So they were giving me antibiotics and I was feeling so weak. I've never felt that weak in my life. It was hard to uh it was hard to walk to the bathroom. It was hard to wash up. It was even hard to pick up my phone and text people that, I mean, that is how weak I was. I was extremely weak. I've never been that sick in my life. I never, I've been hospitalized only once. And that was for my, well, twice. And that was for my C-sections. So thank God, you know, I'm 48 and uh, you know, I feel I'm blessed. (laughs) I guess I I just turned 48 too. So I'm like, all right, like, I could look at this as a bad thing, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm almost half a century and this is my first time in hospital. Let's not think the worst. You know, I think that's a pretty decent track record. <laughs> you know, I had to just really keep a, a positive attitude. And most of the time, I slept. I slept while I was in there. The food, I could not eat the food, the food was nasty. Um, but they're not there to be chefs. <laughs> they're there to cure you and heal you, but the food I, I I hardly ate while I was in there and and I slept most of the time um, again, I've never been that sick, and I don't wish that type of thing on my worst enemy um I did i i I did see this is a little off the topic, but I did see like some spirits come in there and visit me. I seen this one guy, he was like, and I was like in and out of sleep. And he was like, he was like uh, this white man and he had like this big belly and he had like, his hair was Brown and it was like all crazy. And I'm thinking, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know? And I believe that was like a spirit. I don't know why I got like this impression. Like maybe he was in a, in an accident or a drunk driver or or something like that. I don't know why I got that impression, but he was just standing there. He wasn't bothering me. All right. But, um, and then this lady in black she came over to me and she kissed me on my forehead. And at first I was like, what's going on? Then I had to remember, Oh, you are in a hospital. Like there are spirits walking all throughout this hospital and especially being, uh, a psychic and 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 in touch with the spirit world, you know, spirits will flock to you like a moth to a flame. So I had two visitors and she kissed me on my head. When she kissed me on my head, I was like, is this the end? <laughs> you know, just for a brief second, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm still here. So I believe she gave me my blessings. Um, I said one prayer when I was in there um i prayed to god i prayed to um my spirit guides and to my family members it wasn't like oh i was just praying and praying and praying to keep alive, because i'm i'm already close to god so it's not like i'm that long lost friend and i'm like hey god like can you come help me out now like i talk to him every day so I, I already know like he's already there with me he's already by my side i said a little prayer and that was it you know what i mean just protect me you know help me through this i kept it short and sweet and I felt uh, safe and protected. Um, But this podcast is, uh, I think I can only record for 30 minutes and then it might cut off and I might have to record more. I'm trying to keep this within 30 minutes. So I'm trying to speed this up a little bit. But these are some of the things I learned and can appreciate all the more from this experience. And one, faith. And Faith is the strongest thing that you can have when you're in a situation like that. Just keeping the faith, not thinking negatively, um, believing in the higher power, connecting with your ancestors or the people that you have passed that have passed over or crossed over to the other side. You know, just keep the faith no matter what you're going through, because that's going to help you survive probably more than anything. And again, the whole time I was in there, just for that brief moment, I panicked. But for the rest of the time, I was like, I just knew I was getting out. You know, just like when I had a three-pound preemie, my daughter, and a one-pound son, I just, I was. I think everybody else around me panicked way more than I did. I was real calm. I was like, they're gonna be fine. They, I didn't panic at all. There was no panic in me. And when I was in the hospital. I didn't panic. Now I was really weak and I was like, hey, what is going on? Why do I feel this weak? You know, I was asking the doctor, am I going to get stronger? Like, you know, but I kept the faith the whole time. Something else that I can appreciate is water. (laughs) Water is the next best thing to air. Um, The nurse had made like a little smart comment when I was in the emergency room. She was like, because I wanted water and she got me a cup but she had, like she didn't want to give me another cup of water and she knew I was a, a spirit uh, uh a spirit guide she knew she knew that I was a spiritual counselor and um she she was like she was like uh when i asked her for another cup of water she was like i don't know what if you have to go to surgery And I was like, well, ask the doctor, do I have to go to surgery? Because if not, I want another cup of water. And she just was acting lazy. Like she didn't want to get me another cup of water. In in so many words, she was like, would you rather die or have a cup of water? Like she didn't say it like that, but I'm psychic. So, you know, I could read between the lines. She said it a different way, but that's how I took it. And I was like, I'd rather have a cup of water than go without water. (laughs) not having water oh my god that is just torture alone i know that might sound messed up i know some of you are like you rather die than not drink that water yeah i rather because water is everything when you ain't when you've been in the emergency room all night all day and you didn't have nothing to drink trust me water is you, it is precious. (laughs) So, uh, she, uh, I ended up having her call the doctor. The doctor was like, yeah, you can have as much water as you want, you know? So I, I, I got my water so I can appreciate water all the more, you know, um, walking, walking is the life force. Like that is the life force. Like when your energy is sucked out of you and you can't walk, you know, you could tell, you could really tell how healthy you are by how you can walk. And I'm not just like, and I mean, just walking, brisk walking. Um, you know, you don't even have to be running. Walking is the life force. You could tell how much life you got in you by how you walk. You know what I mean? So the way I was feeling, I could barely walk to the bathroom. I was dragging myself. You would think I was a zombie walking through them hallways. Like walking is the life force. I can appreciate walking. I always could. And I always did it. Um, You know, I had my moments where I didn't. And when I didn't, when I got lazy, like kind of like in the beginning of the pandemic and I wasn't walking a lot, I was getting more anxiety. And then I started going outside and I started walking and getting the sun and absorbing the sun and walking. And I, I was doing walking meditation. So I already knew the power of walking. But when you can't walk or barely can walk that's when you can really appreciate walking. Walking is the life force, so walk y'all. You know, take don't take advantage of that cuz there's, you know, there are people out there that can't walk. You know, walking is the life force, so go take a walk like for real. That's that's going to keep you alive. That means you're healthy, you're the most, okay? Um what else I can appreciate and learn through this experience was family and friends. Um you really know who is there for you when you're going through something like that. And usually the ones that are there for you are the ones that have been there for you. So the people who've been communicating with me, checking in on me, and my clients, they were like amazing. They were wonderful. I probably had more clients reach out to me either through text, social media, or phone calls than family. Yeah, no lie, you know, and they were the same people that already reach out to me. You know what I mean? So I can appreciate my family and friends like all the more. And thank you to all those uh, people out there, my clients and friends that checked on me, made sure I was OK. I appreciate y'all. That meant everything to me. That, that gave me strength, the strength to to survive. Aside from my children, that gave me the strength to just go on, you know, just talking to them. Um, also. What I can appreciate all the more was healthy food. Like when I was in there, I wasn't like, oh, I want McDonald's, I want pizza, I want fast food. My body didn't want none of that stuff. My body wanted like fruits and vegetables. So the one day my daughter's like, what do you know? Cause I couldn't eat the hospital food. She's like, mom, what do you want me to bring you? And I was like, bananas, <laughs> I wanted bananas. No sooner do I get off the phone with my daughter the nurse comes in with these big pills talking about your potassium is low. Like when you're when I don't I don't know if it's because I was in starvation mode that I was able to really hear my body. Or because my body was fighting off the infection. um I was and, and or because I wasn't eating a lot of junk food because for the past six months, uh, my daughter, she got a job. So she she loves Uber Eats and like she's always ordering something out. So I'm not gonna lie, like for the past six months, almost most days of the week, we ate out something. Like I always said, I'm done. I don't want to eat out, you know. But then she's like, Mom, you want some Chick Fil A? (laughs) When I'm like, Yeah, I'm about to cook, you know. Then it's like, Okay, fine. I'm busy. Yeah, I'll take Chick Fil A. So even though I said I wasn't gonna eat out much for the past six months, like we have been eating out a lot, and you know. I don't know. I just at this point when my body was breaking down, all my body wanted was like a Mediterranean type diet. I wanted fruits, vegetables. For some reason, I wanted olives. I wanted um, avocados. I wanted um, bananas, tomatoes, lettuce, spinach, (laughs) spinach. Those are the things that I wanted. Water. I didn't want Kool-Aid. I didn't want soda. I didn't want energy drinks. I was able to really listen to my body. And that's something that I'm doing now. I'm really listening to my body and feeding it what it needs and not eating all those processed foods and stuff like that. Trying to eat whole grains and, you know, fruits and vegetables. You know, those are the things that the body wants. It doesn't want McDonald's. It doesn't want you know, Chick-fil-A and all that junk food, you know, when you really listen to your body, it will tell you what it wants. And sometimes it's hard to listen to it when, uh, you're eating all this bad food. When you eat all this bad food, it kind of blocks what your body's trying to tell you. So I'm not telling you to like starve yourself or fast, but I hear, I hear with fasting, you know, you can reach a level of, uh, spirituality and, and, um, Peacefulness and it, it could be a very spiritual experience. And I think I, I got some of that because I really wasn't eating. Um, so I can appreciate healthy foods. Um, and from this whole experience, I realized like your body is a temple, it really is a temple, and you should only give it the best of the best. You know, we go out here, we take care of our nails and our hair and our clothes, and we give ourselves the best of those physical objects, but then we, we feed our food, our bodies, processed foods and, you know, we don't eat healthy and we don't walk, you know, like your body is in temple. And over the past month, I've realized that all the more, like, I always knew that, but I guess it took this experience for me to, to really open up my eyes that your body is a temple, you know, and 48 will be 50 soon. So it's just like, you know, I I made it this far and I would like to make it further. And I'm going to start treating my body more like a temple and stop taking it, taking advantage of it. You know, and, and your body is an invincible machine. You know, when it's fighting off an infection, like your body, like that's when you really see your body at work when it's fighting off an infection. Like, yeah, you might be weak, but your body, your body is a very advanced machine. And I'm sure we all know this, but when you see it in action and it's like trying to kick ass for you, you know, like you wish you could just go in there and help it, you know, but how you can help it is just by treating it as, a, as it's a temple and eating good foods and putting good things in your body and not putting those toxins in your body. If you want to help your body fight, put in only the best stuff into your body. And that's something I had learned through this experience. Um. I realized, you know, cleanliness is godliness. I mean, I always knew that um, when I did get home from the hospital, my ex and my daughter, the house was immaculate. Like, it wasn't like it was bad off, but it was definitely immaculate. And I was like, I did not want to come home to any clutter. Clutter would have just made me sicker, you know, and they made sure like the house was spotless and I appreciate them for that. Again, I already knew cleanliness was godliness, but you know too much clutter and mess and stuff, that's just gonna make you sicker, but coming to a nice, fresh, clean home, you know, it it definitely helped the healing process. Now, this this recording is about to stop and I'm about to uh, record uh, the other part of it. Um, I wanna give you the promo code for listening, Um, 40% off your next reading. And it will be good for a week after this podcast is published. And the 40% off code is called LISTEN, capital L-I-S-T-E-N. The only capital letter is the L. And then the lowercase is I-S-T-E-N. So LISTEN is for 40% off because I appreciate you listening. And we need to pay attention to our bodies and we need to listen Okay, so I'm going to stop this recording and I'm going to come right back. Okay, thank you. Hello, my angels. Thank you so much for joining me. This is part two of Pay Attention to What Your Body Is Telling You. Listen to your body. And right now, I'm picking up where I left off on what I learned from this experience of uh, being in the hospital. So I gave y'all that promo code, listen, 40% off uh, your reading. It would be good for up to one week. And just the fact that you're listening to me, I really appreciate that. The fact you're listening to my podcast and supporting me, I really appreciate you so much. So back to what I've learned um, and what, what what I could appreciate all the more since being hospitalized. Um, the medical staff, the medical staff for the most part was great, amazing. Um, there might've only been one, actually there was only like one person that kind of dampened my mood. And like, when you're going through that experience, you are I'm already sensitive, but you're even more sensitive when your body is breaking down. And so if you you have a nurse who got an attitude or she's just being difficult, or she doesn't seem like she's sensitive, that could just make the whole experience worse, you know, and make you sicker being around that type of energy. So the medical staff was amazing. Um, The only one that kind of got on my nerves was that one that said that little smart comment, like, um, would you rather uh, die, uh, you know, and drink water or n- not drink water. You know what I mean? Because, uh, she just was being lazy and didn't want to get me a cup of water and want to pretend like I might have to go to surgery. You know, she was the only one that annoyed me. And also, uh, again, I told y'all she knew I was a spiritual advisor. So, um, at one point I started shaking really, really bad. Cause it got cold And my temperature just rose up real quickly to like 103 and I I couldn't stop shaking. She was like, now, what would you do if it was your client, your spiritual advisor? Why, you know, basically, why are you shaking? Slow down. You're, I can't, I can't help that I'm shaking. I can't help that my temperature went up to 103 and that I'm cold up in here. I even went in there with a blanket. I took a blanket to the emergency room because I know how cold it is in there. You know what I mean? she wanted to throw... I don't know what a spiritual advisor got to do with me shaking because I got 103 temperature. My pulse is 127 resting. And my blood pressure is like 99 over 55. You know what I mean? Like, I can't... Like, like you You think I want to be shaking like this? Like, she tried to throw that in my face. So, somebody like that that was insensitive, nah, that, that wasn't cool at all. But most of the medical staff was very understanding and having... Um, that sympathy and that care really helped me through that whole process. Um, Also, I can appreciate all the more silence. For the most part, when I was in there, um, I had a TV, but the volume was down. I did not want to, for some odd reason, I didn't want to listen to TV. I was just looking at pictures and I was like, dang, even even I said to myself, like, that's that's weird. I, I just wanted to be in silence. And when I got back, um, when I got out the hospital, I was watching this show called on Netflix called The The Unexplained with William Shatner. And it was called Incredible Survivors. And the one lady she survived the plane crash the the plane went down in the jungle and everybody died but her and she said that when she crawled out of the plane at first she could you know hear the sounds of the jungle and stuff like that but eventually everything just went silent and she was just laying there in silence and that is how she was able to survive basically From the silence. And I was like, whoa. Like, this was like the first show I watched when I got back from the hospital. And I was still wondering, like, why, why, why am I laying there in silence? Like, and it wasn't like I was in silence and I was feeling like uh, sad and feeling like I wasn't going to survive or my mind was racing. Like, my mind wasn't racing at all. I probably was like in one of the most, calmest spaces i have ever been in my life through silence and i just could not understand why am i laying here in silence but after i seen that and she said that was one of the mechanisms that helped her survive and to be the only survivor on a plane crash with uh, a major it was like a major uh plane like a major company you know, uh, with a lot of people on it, over a hundred you know people on that plane. And you know, just hearing her say that, it just made more sense as to why I was feeling that way. I just wanted to be in silence, and I was very calm in that space, despite everything I was going through. I was weak, but I was calm. I was in a very tranquil moment. and uh, that really explained everything, knowing that that's what she did to survive. Um, what I also learned through this experience was just staying positive. That was the glue that kept me together, staying positive. Um, I didn't think negative. I didn't think I wasn't going to get out. I knew I was going to get out and that's what held me together. So if you're ever in a situation like that, you know, stay positive, stay as positive as you can. And I know Depending on the circumstances, it could be really hard. But being negative is just gonna make it worse. That's all I can say. Just being negative about the whole situation is going to make it wor- worse. And staying positive, I believe, helped me survive that situation. Um, what I learned and appreciate all the more was unplugging, like unplugging the phone, putting the phone down. Like, Okay, I'm glad I had the phone. It was a great way to be able to communicate with people, but I wasn't on the phone like that. The phone isn't everything. Like we live our lives, we stay glued to our phones. You know, we we can't go nowhere without our phone, and I'm not saying phones aren't important. Yes, they're very important. And it, and it was a great way for me to communicate with people but i i unplugged i really unplug unplugging is everything like sometimes we just got to unplug you know you get you got all these notifications coming they can, that can make you anxious you got all you feel like you got to get back to everybody every notification got to answer everything no i i unplugged a great portion of that time i was in there i unplugged i just put the phone down put it on airplane mode and, and unplugged like that's very important and I think that's something we all need to practice a little bit more just putting the phone down finding other things to get ourselves into and stop being so dependent on our phones you know what I mean and because and, the phones will stress you out like watching the news like oh my god like I hardly ever watch tv and it's probably like the most TV I watched in years. Like I did turn the TV on a little bit like towards the end and just watch a little bit of news. But oh my God, like that just made me sicker. Just watching the news. That just made, I would watch a little bit of news and I would just turn the volume down. I didn't want to see no more. It just, I, I knew there was a reason why I didn't like watching the news. Yeah, I like to know what's going on in the world. But at the same time, I don't need it thrown into my face. They just repeating themselves over and over and over and over and over again, causing more and more panic within you. You know, that's why I kept the the TV down, you know, I, I, yeah, unplugging, unplugging, staying away from the media sometimes, you know, not watching all that stuff that they trying to push through your head, get you even more anxious, you know, turning the TV off, um, sitting in silence was a blessing. So unplugging, I can appreciate unplugging sometimes. I can appreciate rest rest is healing. A lot of us, we don't get enough sleep. We need to get those seven, eight hours of sleep. We need to rest so our bodies can repair. A lot of us, we don't sleep well. And that can definitely cause sickness, illness, stress, you know, stress can kill you, you know, and that, you know, I really, I don't think I was resting as well as I should have rested. Like, I, you know, I'm a night owl, so I stay up all night. You know, I was in the medical field 12 years, work night shift. I can't change that no matter how hard I try. So I usually sleep from the morning, like 6 a.m., 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, to like 1. Um, So that's about seven hours. But then sometimes I don't go to bed right at 6. I might go to bed at 7 or 8, like when my son's in school he gets up at seven, gotta be out the door by eight. So sometimes I will stay up till eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, getting like five hours of sleep. You know, and like all I, I thought all I need is five hours of sleep. Cause I, I feel really energized just after five hours of sleep, but no, like we need to get our sleep. S- sleep is a part of healing. Rest is a part of healing, taking a break. Like a lot of us, we work from home. And we don't know how to stop. We just work, 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 work. And that's something that I do too. Like I could do readings like all day long basically and never rest and just sleep five hours a day and get back up and go right back to it. You know, but rest is important. So we got to learn to do that. Rest is healing. So I can appreciate rest all the more. And then my daughter, what I can appreciate all the more. And I always, you know, I love my children. Now my son, he's 16. He was just playing video games like, I was like, mommy's going to be okay. I just got a kidney infection. I didn't want to worry him. You know what I mean? So he, he act like he wasn't worried either. <laughs> he was like, he was like, mommy's going to be home. She's going to be fine. And I didn't want to go, oh, mommy's in here. with up? said even my daughter, like she's 23 and I didn't tell her at first either. I was just like, I got a kidney infection. Um, at first my daughter was like, when I went and go to the hospital, she was like, She started to like, she was about to cry and she was just like, you know, I'm going through things too. And, you know, she was like, she was so upset and she wanted me to go to the hospital. And I was like, look, now's not the time to be sad and, you know, thinking the worst. I need you to be strong. I need you to be strong. Like when somebody's going through something, the best thing you could do is be strong. Like don't be breaking down now, you know. Speaking about all the things you're going through, like just be strong for that person. You know what I mean? But my daughter, I think like after I had that little talk with her, like you got to stay strong. Like I want to know you're going to be okay at the end of the day. Cause I like, I'm breaking down. I don't need to hear that you breaking down too. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know if I was being insensitive to her or not, but I was like, this is not the time for you to break down. I need you to stay too strong. Mommy's okay. You know, I, I even said to her, like, if it's my time, like, Like, don't cry. Don't be upset. Like, I know you would be, but like, I'm not scared to be with God. You know what I mean? Like, I won't have no bills to pay. (laughs) You know, I wasn't trying to think the worst, but I didn't want her to think the worst either. Like, I know death is a scary thing. No, I don't want to die. But if that's going to take me closer to God, like, I don't fear it. You know, I'm not going to fear it. I refuse to fear it. Cause that's just a part of the life cycle. We gonna have to die one day. That's nothing that I can't control. But I wasn't trying to think that way, but I was just trying to get her to calm down because you know, she was she was breaking down because she wanted me to go to the hospital. Now, that's what made me actually go to the hospital seeing her. But I can appreciate her all the more because she really held me down during that time. You know, I, I, I could see the fear in her eyes. And then after I said that little speech to her, like, you can't be breaking down on me. She got strong and she stayed strong for me. She didn't show me that that sadness or and that's when anybody's going through something, don't be sad, don't be crying by their bedside. Don't do that. Be like everything's going to be okay. I'm here for you. I'm going to be okay. We going to be okay. Don't don't be breaking down when somebody's breaking down. Don't do that. The best thing you can do is be a strong shoulder to lean on and my daughter was like she she came, she brought me all the food that I wanted, the snacks that I wanted. Um and everything she held me down she was a very strong young lady i'm very proud that i raised her i'm very proud of her and i'm proud of my son too you know but him i didn't you know i, I eventually told my daughter i had sepsis and uh you know i explained that to her i felt like she needed to know but I, at first i just had to believe in that it was just a kidney infection and i was going to be okay but she stayed strong through it all and i appreciate her for that i love you naja i love you Eson, too. Uh, I love both of y'all, you know, both of them are strong uh, kids. Okay. So this is the moral of the story. This is the lesson of this whole podcast right now. Okay. I just want to tell y'all this. Okay. Through my experience, through my trials and tribulations, through my pain, learn from it. Okay. Listen to your body. I listen to everybody else's problems and listen to them and but I wasn't listening to myself, you know, uh, the next day when I woke up and I felt pain in my back, I knew it was my kidneys, but I chose to ignore it. You know, it's like either sit four hours in the emergency room or lay an eternity in a casket. And that's how close it could have been, you know, so when your, your body's always trying to tell you something the reason i didn't think it was like the worst 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 of things was because a week before that i had got my yearly checkup and my yearly checkup was pretty decent it was pretty decent in the sense of there was nothing really too alarming going on so i just thought you know they checked my urine they checked my kidneys everything was fine then so i was like i wasn't really thinking you know the worst you know but also i wasn't listening to my body there were little signs prior to this incident like i think the alcohol just made it worse like um when i was urinating there was a little pressure down there just a little pressure but when i went and got my uh when i got my yearly checkups and they checked my urine and they. It seemed like my kidneys were fine i didn't make a big fuss about that because i had a little just a little itty it was just a little bit of pressure just a little bit it wasn't even enough it didn't hurt it didn't do nothing but clearly that was maybe you know that was a sign that something's going on um and i want to say you know make sure y'all get y'all yearly checkups like that used to be scary for me like there were years where Uh, Before Obamacare came, you know, as a psychic, you don't. being a psychic doesn't come with health benefits. That's all I'm going to say. So there were many years where I had to self-medicate, heal myself through natural herbs. I didn't have medical, you know, and then when I got my uh, Obamacare and stuff, I started going to the doctors and then I started getting checkups. um, Something I took for granted um, and I didn't want to do because I felt like I'll live longer if I don't find out. No, get your checkups. Get your yearly checkup so you could be ahead of the game. You know, when I was in the hospital, when I went back after I was in the hospital and I, I went from my, uh, I went back to the doctor so I could discuss what happened to me in the hospital, the, the texts and stuff were like, well, at least you get a checkup every year. People don't come in here, but t- 10 years later with all these problems, at least you're getting checked out every year. So yes, they had a very good point, like go get your yearly checkups, your mammograms, you know, visit your OBGYN, get your blood work checked, like get that stuff checked so you can stay ahead of the game and listen to your body, don't ignore it. If I had ignored it one more day, I don't know if I would be here talking to y'all today, okay? And the signs are there, you know, usually before something major happens, there there are signs there, you know, telling you things, you know what I mean? i think i had like a little vertigo too like right before it happened and stuff like that so it was like something was already brewing up and even you know ask questions because even though i got my urine a week before and everything was okay i didn't discuss about the pressure i felt i didn't discuss the vertigo actually i tried to the doctor was like oh you're here for a med visit we're not you're not here to ask all these questions insurance ain't gonna pay for it." that's what she said to me because I, I did have questions about these little things that i felt in my body and she and she was just here to refill my my blood pressure medicine and she didn't want to talk about it no be active about your body speak up don't put your fate in the hands of other people you know do your own research and if your doctor seems like they got a problem with you asking questions, then go get another doctor. So when I went back to the doctor after I got out of the hospital, she and I and I reminded her that I had some issues that you didn't want to hear. Oh, you you best believe she was listening to me then. She put she did the EKG, she did the, the OBGYN test, she did all kinds of stuff for me. She did everything trying to save her. But at the last minute, when I should have just spoke up at that moment. You know what I mean? So when you got something going on, speak up. And if your doctor don't like it, find another doctor. And I do believe I'm probably going to change that. She's a little, a little young girl. She just turned 24 years old. Cause the day um, I went with last week, she had a birthday and they were saying happy birthday. She was telling me she's 24. I'm like, you don't know about this old lady body. You don't You really don't. So I think I'm going to change doctor. I need a grown woman who understands I'm going, I'm pre-menopause. I'm going through some things. I don't think this little young girl knows. You know, she a little PA. Well, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with PA. I got some, some PA. I know some peers that are smarter than doctors. You know, and that don't got nothing to do with it. But I de- definitely think she needs a little bit more wisdom dealing with this old lady body. Okay. Um. There was another sign, um, a really crazy sign. So my ex came back, and uh, we was uh we was laying in the bed one day, like right before this happened. Right, we were laying in the bed one day. And he, it was in the morning and he had his arms around me and then he was like, ah, and he went like, um, shoving something off his hand. there was a scorpion, there was a scorpion, no centipede, centipede, I'm sorry, centipede on his, on his arm, crawling down his arm. And I was like, what the hell? And right then and there i was like you know what i'm gonna go look this up i'm gonna see what that means like is the universe trying to tell me something it's like i've never had that experience you know once in the blue moon i've seen him in the house once in the blue moon i've been here like over 10 years and i might have seen one or two but in the bed crawling down his arm he had his arm around me and then the crazy part the next day there was a dead scorpion next to my bed. Now I ain't seen him in two years. I ain't seen no scorpions. Now his ass come back, which I thought it was either a blessing or a curse. He came back. I'm still flip flopping between the two, but to see a scorpion, I I, should have looked it up. Somebody told me they supposed to be good luck or something like that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but it was like the universe was giving me signals and signs that i was ignoring because probably if i wasn't up there drinking with his ass i wouldn't have trying to hang with his ass i probably wouldn't have been in that situation or not that soon at least so i think the universe was trying to tell me something yeah 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 snake up in the bed with you no no you know he's a good guy but i'm I'm still flip-floppy that's a whole nother podcast okay um but yeah, so the lesson and the moral of the story is listen to your body. Pay attention to your body. Don't wait till you break all the way down. Question your your doctors if if you if you have questions, you know, cuz sometimes you ask these doctors questions and they got like a little attitude and they think you just you're, you're, you're trying to disregard what they're saying or they think you know everything. And I know like when I speak, I, I get that impression from a lot of doctors. Like they be looking at me like, who do you think you are? You know what I mean? I don't know if it's because I speak proper English. I'm educated. I don't know what it is, but they seem sometimes to get uh, offended. Like, for example, my my daughter was three pounds. My son was one pound 14 ounces. And I kept telling the doctor that I'm a, I'm a high risk and I need to see a specialist. And she kept saying, oh, well, just because you had a preemie doesn't mean you're gonna have another preemie. And I kept saying, yes, I need to see a specialist. I need to see, and I, every time I go in there, I argue with her, I argue with her. Then one day I just went off. Like I cussed her like completely out. I was like, I got to see, cause she kept saying bleeding is normal during pregnancy. And I was like, it ain't normal for me. I was like, That's, that is not normal. Like I cussed her straight to clean out to the point she wrote me a referral to go see a specialist so i went to see the specialist like a few days later and sure enough my son's leg coming out of my vagina one pounder like they're doing the ultrasound the nurse's eyes popped out of her head like a, a deer in a the headlight they go she go rushing in coming in with all these doctors and stuff they're like they're trying to rush me to the hospital get the amp call the ambulance everything you know what i mean and if i had to listen to my, the uh, listen to my gut the the OBGYN, the doctor was like, yo, if you would have came in here a week ago, we could have gave you a cerclage and that would have held your baby in. So that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they're smart, but everybody's different. Everybody's different. Everyone, not they they like some doctors like to put everybody in a box. Even the smartest doctors make mistakes. You know, so be proactive on your health. Listen to your body, and not only your body, the signs. Like I told you about the centipede, like listen to, look at the signs around you. Like what else is going on in your life? What, What other signs is the universe trying to tell you? And put it together, and then do something about it, okay? And that's what I've learned. And again, learn from my mistakes. That's what I've learned through this whole experience. And I hope I'm able to assist you and I hope you'll be more uh, proactive on watching for the signs and not only for your health, but other things, uh, dealing with people, Job situations, you know, look for the signs. The universe is always giving you signs and warnings, okay? Anyways, my name is Master Psychic Rachel. Thank you so much for joining me from Master masterpsychiconline.com. And if you're looking for a free or paid psychic reading, please visit me at www.masterpsychiconline.com. Don't live life in the dark.